Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Chipman Brothers Tangent Podcast. As always, I am your host, Chris Chipman, and with me, as always, is... Bob. Um, before I get into the episode proper, as always, I'd like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons. You are Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Jaina D, Andrew Krauss, Seth Comfort, Robert V. Aldrich, Greg Downing, Mike the Gatherer, Kevin Vahey, Alex Peregrine, Alex Shaw, Geeks with Shields, Green Goblin, and Brendan Agnew. Thank you all for sticking around with me. Um, it has been... A few months since I've released an episode of any of my shows, and I appreciate all of you that have stuck along, and it has been over a year, in fact, a year and two months almost to the day since we have done a Chipman Brothers Tangent podcast. Um, we've had a lot going on. Uh, Bob, you've, you've got some, some new things out there that people might not know about. Um, you've, been, uh, you've been working with the film theory folks, right? Yes, I do. I've, uh, I'm, I'm a contributing writer to theorist media. So I have, uh, uh, episodes that have been running on, uh, food theory, film theory. Uh, I don't know if anything that I've written, uh, yet has appeared on game theory, but, uh, I'm uh, contributing there as well. So, uh, things going on there as well. And, uh, still have things on uh, my own channel, the big picture and, uh, my, uh, film reviews on my own. And, uh, always looking to get uh, more stuff out. We've obviously also been trying to get uh, other projects going here as well, which can't be announced yet. But uh, as uh, with many things, we, uh, I think the last time we recorded this, we were talking about uh, things coming, uh, new things coming together uh, when the, uh, when this brief pandemic uh, business was done in uh, after the eight week uh, shelter in place order was lifted. That's right. Yeah, we were, we had gotten ready. In fact, our, um, if I'm not mistaken, we had either each both gotten our first vaccine or we were about to. And um, we later, two months after, went and saw Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. And that seems like that was way longer ago than just a year ago, unless it was two years ago and I'm losing my mind. But two years ago was 2020. So, no, it has to have been last year. Um, so, yeah, we hadn't even gone back to a movie theater yet. Yeah, it uh, it very much it uh, it very much seemed at the time, and it it was, and it did at the it still did. That was a good time of uh, of being like uh, popped back out. Uh, you know, coming back out of uh, out of a hibernation, basically, and uh, it was very much you know I think people sort of a little bit fooled themselves into into thinking like, hey, okay, all right, things are coming back out, and we had like four or five. Uh, hey, we're back out again. Yeah, we did. And, um, uh, and, and then it was like, no, not quite, not quite. Uh, mo mostly because I think, uh, you know, like almost for a change, I know that, uh, you know, I'm not one of these people who's, you know, going to say that the, you know, the, the government did everything right. Uh, once we got rid of, uh, the one problematic leader guy. But, yes. That uh, we, we were also talking about the, um, yeah. The, the the capital during right. that last recording because it was only a week after right right <clears throat> so we, we had all that um i was uh i'm not the one who was going to say oh no every everything was immediately fixed because we elected joe biden but uh you know i feel like we at the very least did have you know this this sort of uh like protracted on we came from the fact that we actually did do 
for the most part, I, th I think we did more of the right thing in that regard than people will eventually give credit for because we did not immediately do, okay, all right, here, here's some medicine, Every, everybody get back up. We sort of did, okay, everyone a little bit out, oh, wait, the, the virus came back. Oh, well, then no, no, everybody, you know, continue to do, you know, like we we actually did like respond to ups and downs of things. And now we're, uh, we are, uh, you know, a little bit back out. I don't know that it's going exactly as well as it, it uh, should be under the circumstances, but certainly uh, we're, we're, we're certainly better than the, what seemed like the original plan of just effing ignore it. Right. And it, it's, it's. It's funny how circumstantial people are about it because now we're in the, okay, we went through the summer after you and I last talked and, you know, people started getting together again. Things seemed okay. And a lot of people were vaccinated. And what ends up happening with a vaccine is people can still get sick or can still yeah. be a carrier of the virus, but it creates a lesser dangerous version of the virus that does not mean that it was never dangerous to begin with uh it means the vaccine worked that's what it means it means the fact that somehow you and i at least of of the people i know and and a lot of close friends made it through this whole thing without ever getting this thing yeah um is very impressive and now when someone near you gets it it's usually, and I'm not saying always, but it's usually a lesser severe, much more contagious, much quicker and easier to control and quarantine against um, thing, which is great, which means we did the right thing um, for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's still many, many other issues to worry about, but it was an interesting year to make it through because we started going out to the movies again and. We started having people together again, and then uh, the fall hit, and then it was, you know, all hands on deck, this is scary again. And I feel like people listened more the second time around, even though there were louder folk saying it was still not a real thing and yada, yada, yada. I feel like we're kind of getting ready to have a better spring. I don't like that the world is declaring that it's just over. Um, it's been very frustrating dealing with that. It's nice that it seems less intense, but I also, you know, wouldn't stick myself in the middle of a giant enclosed indoor crowd without taking the proper precautions right now. Yep. Um, but yeah, a, a lot happened in a year. We were also talking about, I mean, we, we hadn't even seen Godzilla versus Kong, which was the movie that got you and I back into theaters, which I know we talked about on a sh um, sh uh, chip in the third person that we did outside the theater, but I mean, I still love the hell out of that big, dumb movie. And, yeah, it was um, fun. No, it was good. It was a great thing to get us back in the theater. Um, I was also talking about the renovations that were about to start on my house. Um, those ones from last year are all done. And now we're in the middle of doing new ones. More renovations. <laughs> Yay. Um, Yay. And, and also, uh, you know, people that aren't strangers to this know that I have an incredibly awesome day job that I'm very proud of. And I've been there for a very long time, but it's had its ups and downs. And, you know, I definitely go through my share of, um, you know, panics about it and feeling like, uh, I, I, I don't belong necessarily, or I haven't earned it. And, you know, that happens with 
you know, just the ups and downs of working at the same place for a long time. But I, uh, I was made operations manager of that entire company um, just two months ago and or three months ago, and I'm loving it. And it's allowed for things like these home renovations and things to happen and me to be a lot more comfortable. But, um, you know, that's also one of the reasons why you haven't heard from me on here as much. Uh, my, my days are even more. I'm exhausted when I get home and yeah. not to say that I wasn't before, but that's what's going on with me. Um, but well, with also, that, neither of us do this for a living. So correct. But I, I just wanted to reiterate back to, you know, the, the, the Patreon at the beginning there, you know, that's an incentive for me to keep wanting to do this. Exactly. I, I would do it for free and love talking with my brother and getting paid for it. I think it's awesome. Um, but just a reminder that, you know, that's not me sitting here kind of, I, I, if you can't afford to help me out, don't do it. <laughs> but if you can, <laughs> please do. Um, you know, I, I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, Bob, you know, have you ever heard before uh, I get into, have you ever heard of the Pinocchio paradox? The Pinocchio paradox. Yeah. Uh, I've heard of, I've heard of Pinocchio syndrome. I've heard of Peter. No, what is the Pinocchio paradox? It's just, it's something funny I read about. And this is probably like, <laughs> well, I, I knew that, but that you get from a lot of people. But I, I just found it funny. If Pinocchio, the character, which uh -huh. we know the boundaries of said character, were yes. to say to you, now my nose will grow, mm -hmm. what happens? Okay, so Pino so this is the 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 traditional version where Pinocchio's nose grows if he lies if he t if he lies correct. Well, then his nose doesn't grow because he's he, he's telling the truth about that fact. No, because if he says now my nose will grow, uh huh, he is stating that that he is telling you a truthful statement. Uh huh. That now it will grow. Uh huh. So if he lies, it would have to grow. Right. So if it doesn't grow, then he was lying which means it has to grow. All right, but then that mean that in fact means he's telling the truth, but it's okay, all right, yeah. It's just a fun, it, I, I wrote this on the blackboard at work. Uh-huh. Just and I it's dumb, but right. it's Okay, it's so did you did you come up with this? No, I read about it. You read about. Okay, so does does the reading about it account for I mean cuz I know cuz like I'm thinking about it and okay all right that's cute but I also know that you you're that you're an engineer so how long did it take for someone to ask the immediate temporal question which one is that cuz there's several I mean the immediate temporal question would be doesn't that immediately change from true to false then like what what kind of time frame are we talking about well that's why he says now well, right, but like net, like how, like what time frame is now? Now is a nebulous time concept. Well, this is true, but the 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 intention of the statement is now is immediate. Whereas okay. if he if he were to say my nose will grow, it can happen at any time, and therefore it could happen as a result of an untruth, and therefore it's fine. But if he says okay. now my nose will grow with no other statement to make it happen, right? Then right. his only words were the truth, right? So it can't grow. And and it's and I and I guess the part of this is that Pinocchio's nose should not even be growing at a normal human rate because Pinocchio is made of wood. Correct. Yes, okay. you could you and that's part of it is the so if you want to add subtext, he's saying now my nose will grow because the way that it does when I lie. 
Okay. But but that's context you don't want to add. But I just right. find these things fascinating. This, okay. you know, okay. this is yeah. like the the more simplified version of the Schrodinger's cat type stuff. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Um could be Schrodinger's nose for all we want to care is about. The, is is this Schrodinger's cat or is this the tree falling in the woods? I think it's a little of both. Because I mean, Schrodinger's cat is 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 more like it's it's a provable thing because you can't. It's just if you don't open the box, right? If you don't open the box, but everything tells you that there is a cat in the box, you just can't open it to tell or not whether, whether the cat is alive or dead. Correct. Yeah. Or or was ever there, and if you're right. just hearing things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, since Pinocchio isn't real, he doesn't fall under these types of rules anyway. So you attempt to put the rules. So I guess it's a tree falling in the woods kind of a thing because we all know the reality of the fact is the tree falls. But if if you can't, then it falls into Schrodinger's cat if no one's there to see it. Yeah. Anyway, off of that mind bending kind of thing, I just thought it was kind of funny. Um, I want to get into, you know, we were, we were prepping up for a year of maybe movies will come out. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and it still was unsure, right? Things are still moving around. We got to see some. We've talked about them on our respective shows before, but it would be cool to talk about a few in a minute. But I wanted to hit on something that I thought was fun. You and I went to lunch the other day. Uh-huh. And we're talking about the Super Bowl commercials. Right. And in particular, we were talking about the Austin Powers one. And how, um, you know, people were like, Jesus, why is everybody reacting? So it, it, but you know, this is huge. Austin, like, why are people still reacting this immensely to something as overdone as Austin Powers? And, and you and I started talking and you pitched something that I thought was kind of funny. And I, that was, that would be kind of fun fodder for a podcast. The idea of what would an Austin Powers that came out the amount of time from the time the first film came out, there would be the same amount of time that he was supposed to be frozen into the first film. So what would an Austin Powers 20 years later look like? Well, we, well, we should, we should give the, some of the context. So like yeah. the, the Super Bowl commercial for Austin, for, for Austin Powers, which I think I've mixed this up with a couple of different Osmos. The Super Bowl commercial is, is, is what again? The Super Bowl one, I forget the exact thing, but it was just an excuse to have all the different characters there showing up and doing their shtick. Right. They were. It was just, hey, remember this? And, and it, it was literally like, a, you think this is funny. It, it, we're sticking it in a Bud Light commercial, so you think it's funny. Yeah. So, you know, what I was, because what, what I had asked was, it was, th- there are certain things that are from like the, the late 90s to early zeros that I think just because this was the point at which the internet very quickly accelerated the point at which people got sick of things because it was it, it suddenly the rate at which it became impossible for things for you to forget that anything had happened right like dropped to, to zero because everything just became constant like you weren't able to forget that even mildly popular things had been popular yep you know so um what I the observation was that that's really still only true for people who work in media or are like follow media and people who work in media. I, I feel like the rest of the world really is still kind of going to work, watch whether they're watching network TV or watching streaming or watching, you know, you're you're like a like a 15 year old now who, you know, I don't own a TV, but I own seven other products that are TVs are, right. you know, are, you know, what you're still really only, you're not following 
every show, reading every person who writes an article about your show. You're not living through media like you and I are because we are weird. Uh, you know, because we, I do this for a living. Correct. And there's, do this there's, for, like, I feel like people, the assumption that people don't become actually nostalgic for mildly entertaining things anymore is, uh, is very overstated. Like I, like there's this assumption that Amazon has overspent on the Lord of the Rings TV show that, uh, that putting out a TV show that is not that even if this is only Game of Thrones light with Lord of the Rings branding, that this is not an automatic moneymaker just by calling itself Lord of the Rings. Well, right. The the re, the thing you and I have talked about this before, and I've talked about this with other people. T- Twitter and social media, but specifically Twitter, which seems to bring groups of people that are way too into X thing together at a worldwide level instead of just within the comic shop you hung out with or the blockbuster you worked in, which is how it was in 2001 when these Lord of the Rings films were coming out the first time and customers were like, what's that? That looks different. And we would go, well, (laughs) let me tell you. Right. Yeah. Now it's, we're at the forefront in our groups because we connect to billions of people that used to be, and and I don't want to use the word outcast, but used to be less part of the popular culture conversation. And now popular culture puts us at the forefront, but pop, but, but the pop culture Sunday movie watcher, or I watched all of game of Thrones on HBO because my friend told me it was cool that's your everyday average person is going to eat this up and also loved the Lord of the Rings, but not to the level that it feels played out like we feel. Right. Well, but it's not, it's not even that it's, I, I don't, I think that there, there was for a little while there was an, uh, I think that there's been this, this misconception in the, the coverage of media class that because the, some of the affect of uh, the way that the media class, the people that now comprise the media class, comp- uh, absorbed these things before, that now that the the stuff is mainstream, the the media class behavior towards it is also mainstream, and I don't think that's the case. So I agree. And and in 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 that same way, I think that in the same way that people keep have been like I've been watching the media talk about you know, superhero movie fatigue is coming and it's going to hit and everyone's going to be tired of the Marvel movies and tired of the DC movies. I was, I've been hearing about that since the, since the evening before the second Avengers movie came out. Yeah. And, no, and, and, and probably happened. even yeah. longer, probably yeah. even I, longer. Right. I've, I've been, I've been hearing about, Hey, this superhero thing is over since before Iron Man and, and it hasn't happened. Um, I feel like people not to say we've I've stayed straight a little off track here. My point is there's this assumption that certain films and like popular things of the early 2000s and whatnot, because the Internet is tired of hearing about them and seeing them memed all over the place and specifically things like Shrek, DreamWorks movies, Austin Powers things, uh, anything from like late period Nickelodeon, early period Cartoon Network, The Simpsons, 
uh, Family Guy was supposed to have been over 20 years ago, th- things like that. That, yeah. that, that individual, that the rest of the popular culture is also sick and tired of this, and that if you actually did more of it, people would like reject it out of hand and would be like, are you kidding? Why are we doing more of this? And I feel like the Super Bowl, I think that it's on that if you propose tomorrow to a room full of not just social media influencers, I think that this is pervasive enough that if I went into whoever currently holds the DreamWorks rights, because I think this, these have jumped around now to a couple different studios. I'm not even sure who has uh, like, um, who has Shrek right now? Is that Universal? I'm not sure. I think it still is Universal. Yeah. Well, because they have like a new Puss in Boots movie coming out, right? Right. Like, like that just that just streeted that there's a they, that like ten years later they're doing the sequel to the Shrek spinoff, and like even myself, I joked about like, wow, when was this still a thing? Just because it's the spinoff. But like, here's the thing: you, I do not have a doubt in my mind that if either the ending. Or the 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 post credit scene to that movie, which I assume will exist, if because every movie has them now, if the ending to that movie is Shrek and Donkey in any context and a great big green five with Shrek ears, people will lose their fucking mind. And I'd say the chance of that happening is ninety five percent. Right, I, 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 I will be surprised even if it's, if it's a TV show. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, um, Jesus Christ! If they announced Shrek the like the streaming, if they announced Shrek the limited, like that would be, uh, people would look at look at that and ask, "Oh my God, how much is Mike Myers getting paid? How much did Hulu or whoever pay for that?" Well, not that. It's that's, it's NBC Universal now. Oh, okay. Um, oh, owns, right. owns DreamWorks. I looked it up. Okay, so NBC Universal has been spending tons of money lately, but like whoever had that out, people like social media, Twitter, the, all of that thing, everyone would roll their eyes. But like people who are like, like people who are under fifteen don't know that they're supposed to be sick of Shrek. They don't even know that Shrek was supposed to be ironic. Well, to well, them, that's just a movie they grew up loving. I think the thing that proves this point, and again. There's 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 a there's a fifty fifty thing going on here, right? There's a right place, right time. Yeah. Which which Marvel and Disney somehow get really really lucky with, a lot of the time. But let's say Spider Man No Way Home, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Had that been a piece of shit, uh huh. Yeah. It still would have made seven to eight hundred million dollars. Yeah. Just I because agree. just because of when it came out mm-hmm. and it hit exactly what you're talking about here people are like who uh, me me and you who gives a shit about the andrew garfield spider-man movies they were terrible but this movie not only got people back in the seats that were like wait a minute i remember going on a date to see that that was fun they come back in the theater and are also met with a movie that somehow is actually really well done for what it is that's why it's a two billion dollar movie but shovelware released at the right time hitting these right points is going to make big money right now. And if it's made well, or even partially well, it's just, it's going to tip it over the edge. Exactly. People aren't sick of this. Exactly. And then me and you who joke 
that we are sick of it are still going to see it out of curiosity. And when curiosity shows that it's actually good, then we keep going back. That That's what I think this Lord of the Rings show, if it's even kind of good, the curiosity watch is going to be insane. Yeah, I think I think so. And the, the reason that I, I bring that up in regards to Austin Powers, I genuinely think that uh, Austin Powers sits in exactly that same place of people. I mean, I, I think people genu- genuinely... I think are kind of on the same age that Austin Powers wore out its welcome midway through the second movie. Yes, it, it really did. And it only it only continued its welcome because the third one reminded you that these players are really fucking funny. Yeah. But it was overdone by the time you got there. Well, also, the se- the second movie made probably the, the smartest thing that uh, the smartest play that you could get. uh that you could get with Austin Powers, which was they basically dropped Austin Powers himself into the background, brought in Michael Caine, very, very hot at that time because he'd had sort of a, like he was on his second big, hey, it's Michael Caine comeback of the la- of that last couple years and said, hey, we'll get Michael Caine and have him do an impression of an older Austin Powers. Won't that be funny? And it uh, really was. <laughs> it, it, had Beyonce, it had Beyonce at the beginning, like at the high point of we're going to try to make Beyonce work as an actress right before the point when they realized, okay, that's not going to happen. And also it doesn't need to, she's going to take over the world just as a singer and like influencer. Yep. Like, like that was right before the point where Beyonce sort of like jumped right over acting and realized, no, no, you can, we're, we're just going to prove that you can be like that thing that Madonna tried to make happen and didn't make happen a couple times. Yeah. Where you didn't have to transition from being a singer to a movie star to become bigger than a movie star. Uh, because Beyonce, I mean like insanely talented singer, great human being, the, it was not going to happen for her as a movie star. It's just, yeah, it's, it, the, what, she, the, what she does doesn't translate there. The and it minimal, the minimal amount of time she was around as a movie star, you go, Oh, it's, it's nice to see you here. And that was about the, well, but like, here's, because here's the thing, because I saw black is King and what she's doing there is way more interesting than uh, what she would be doing, playing other characters, pl- playing Agreed. like, you know, unusual elevated versions of Beyonce or playing basically elevated versions of herself as a voice actress in like the Lion King is way more interesting than when she was in like the uh, the the MTV hip hop version of Carmen or, uh, or or the other like handful of movies that they put her in. So True. either either way. But like, and they had, and even in that third Austin Powers, they basically dropped Austin to the background for that Michael Caine and almost making it a Doctor Evil movie, which, which was the be, smart thing to do. Yeah, I mean, which would be, I don't think, I think they also made the right call not doing a Doctor uh, a Doctor Evil movie. But, this is uh, this is the thing with with Mike Myers. He's he's the creator of characters that work in small bits. He's an SNL alum, and the thing that worked the best about those movies is they gave you those characters in small bits. If you had to spend three movies for an hour and a half with just Austin Powers, the joke was over halfway through the first movie. Exactly. But Austin is better because of the other versions of tropes from his world he has to play off of. Right. And the, uh, and the movie was, uh, uh, excuse me. What was the the be- all the best stuff in the first Austin Powers? They pretty much knocked out everything you could do with that premise in Austin Powers. In in basically the 
unfreezing segment, right? Yeah. The the Austin is back in the real world thing actually had emotional beat to it, which was unexpected. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was cool. And I, apart from the fact that I think that people remember Austin Powers enough, and that they, I think that the stuff that was funny and just sort of fun about that character. You know, like uh, like people like to do the voice. They remember the jokes. I think that at this point, uh, the I think that the original gag of Austin Powers that he's sort of like crass and sexist, but in a in a gentle, harmless in a in a seemingly like toothless, harmless way, is that like like that he he's like a a defang. He he's like uh he, he's he's like a de, he's like a declawed uh, cat call basically. Yes, you yeah. know. That uh, I think that that is probably even more useful as a joke now. So I think that people would be very excited if you ran a new trailer for a new Austin Powers movie, much like with any indication that there was another Shrek. When if and when the Shrek Five logo comes over, whatnot, people will lose their shit and they'll, oh my god, Shrek is Shrek. like people will be not even snarky about. People will be really happy about that. I think if you ran a trailer that looked like the Bond is back trailer and it turned out to be Austin Powers is back, people will be more excited about that than they will when you announce the new Bond. Right. And, you know, other franchises have have learned, you know, like ones that have leaned the opposite way are things like Mission Impossible, where it's just like we're going to cruise on this time capsule of a movie as long as we can run it. But other franchises have done what what you're leaning towards with the Austin Powers and Shrek thing, like Fast and the Furious could not have prolonged in being self-serious. Yeah. It couldn't have done it. It would have been dead after number four. And when they decided to lean into, we are literally going to make you nostalgic for two years ago <laughs> yeah. as, as an idea, it, it, it just nailed it. They, hmm. they leaned into what exactly what you're talking about and just went and had fun with it. Yeah. And oh man. So but but you you had hit on a really cool thing though of how to pitch a new Austin Powers, which I thought was really clever. Well and I well and it's just an idea and I've jo- I think I may have joked about this elsewhere before. So if this is me plagiarizing myself, don't anybody get it just it, it cracked me up. We yeah. were at lunch, we were drinking maybe yeah. <laughs> so, okay, I don't so know. What well what I was thinking was was that I and I don't I mean, stop me if I'm wrong, because I'm not going to, like, pull out my phone and look this up here. But it occurs to me that Aust- in, in in the original Austin Powers, Austin Powers gets frozen in 1969, right? I believe that's correct. I believe, like, the joke is that Austin Powers is, like, the coolest spy all throughout the 60s. And then he freezes himself to chase Dr. Evil into the future in 1969. And then he wakes up in 1999. Uh, 1997. 1997. He okay, was frozen so. in 1967 and woke up in 97, so it was exactly 30 years. Right. So it's exactly 30 years. So my thought was that he is, uh, that we are closing in on accounting for the pandemic or not. We are closing in on the point where if they made a new Austin Powers and released it, they could release it, and it would be we are now further away from the first Austin Powers. Then Austin Powers was frozen. Or and the exact how, date. They could right. release it in 2027 and just go for it. Right. And how nuts is that? So my thought was a way to do this, a way to do this, if you're going to miss that date or not, I don't know, is that 
by the time of the the end of the last Austin Powers, they've they've sort of like they've dropped out on the gag that Austin Powers is the man out of time. He's basically adjusted, and now it's other jokes. So what they should do is he's actually good at being Austin Powers now. Right. By the time the third movie is over. He's good at being Austin Powers now, and the world is just sort of the world has kind of reabsorbed Austin Powers' ness in it. He, he's he's got his own other bad guys now. Goldmember is here, that kind of thing. So uh, the, now Goldmember was was two thousand six, right? Um. Oh no, it was earlier than that. Two thousand two. It's two thousand two, which okay. it seemed like forever. But remember, I think. Spy You Shagged Me was a year later. Right, right. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. So, gold. So, member is two thousand two, and so what they should do is, at whatever point that that was, they should like so say the sequel should open up in like the new the next Austin Powers, whatever you call the next one, uh, should start up in two thousand three with Austin. You know, put like uh, you just you know de-age Mike Myers digitally, maybe do it badly and make a joke out of it, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have Austin have Austin Powers, Austin Powers, Mini Me, Mini Austin. Oh, oh shit, Vern, Vern Troyer died. Um, I know. Yeah. So Austin Powers, maybe get Beyonce back. How how big would that be? Maybe make a joke about the fact that she can only be there for like a minute. Uh, and have him. What happened be, to you these last thirty years? Yeah. <laughs> have him be like fighting Scott Evil, who was going to be the new bad. So like Austin and Doctor Evil are fighting Scott Evil. Who was the going to be the new bad guy at the end of Goldmember? Uh, you know, as the new bad guy at the end of that one, and they are fully teamed up at uh, against the uh, against Scott Evil and Scott Evil's nemesis, because Scott Evil is a young bad guy, is the coolest spy of two thousand three. Yep. So, so like a parody version of. Vin Diesel in Triple X, like a guy who just embodies exactly the year two thousand three. I'm thinking, so, I'm thinking flat out. Yeah, like, um, should you get Vin Diesel? No, no, we could try to get Vin Diesel, but what about um Jason Statham playing the role he basically played in Spy? I think I yeah, you know, I like it, but the thing about Jason Statham is he always plays a guy who's who's actually cool. True. You know, like I, I feel like, but like if part- you pl- but if you played the guy in spy, it's that self-aware, like no one else around me buys this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I see. I can see it. I can see it. I think this guy would be younger. Okay. But no, I like no, I buy I, I, I get what you're feeling. I I I but, but the Vin stuff. the Vin Diesel thing is yeah. a good one. what if or like just Bob, the, I got it. I got it. Do you, you know it? what do you know what came out in two thousand three? What did? Agent Cody Banks. <laughs> yeah, so so like, what if what so, if we what if we did a kid? A kid would be funny. It would well the, the thing of it is is well, because the thing is that we're doing Austin Power, so it's gonna have to jump board. So the gag would basically be a guy who just embodies exactly 2003, but in the way that Austin Powers embodied 1967. Yeah, so, so I, I think you're right. I think you're uh, right. Vin Diesel with the Limp Biscuit soundtrack is yeah. kind of what we're going for here. So like a, a guy who has, you know, like like uh like a rap rock kind of thing happening who is uh you know who who you know he skateboards, he does extreme sports, he chugs monster energy, he's a bro. No, he, I really I really think they elbow. He he they, like, he he's just exactly that guy and Scott Evil freezes himself and this guy 
much like Austin Powers, you know, like literally just like Austin Powers, like we have a protocol for this and he, you know, freezes himself and Austin, you know, so he's like, don't worry, you know, we've, we've gone through this. I'll be here to see you when you get out. You're like, and so we jump ahead from there into the present of when this movie's going to take place. Scott Evil unfreezes, same story. This guy unfreezes. Mike Myers will be there now playing a himself. He's, no, as he's Mike. Basil. He's Basil. Yeah, he yeah. So he's playing his Basil as like, you know, give him a gray Austin Powers wig and have him play his riff on now he's playing himself as Michael Caine as Austin Powers, playing the the dignified older Austin Powers, who is now going to teach the the 2003 the the 2003 guy how to adjust to the the new modern world and how much things have changed in 20 or 30 years with both the actual jokes of that but also the added meta joke because as we all know the world did not actually move that much and, and th this is where you know we basically just sat over lunch and did the so what happened to you know or it wouldn't be austin saying it, it'd be yeah, what happened to like you know fred durst well actually they're really popular again and kind of like a nostalgic like like meta kind of way he but, hasn't well, gone anywhere he's quite successful and, and and did did like what about my other friends are they dead well no medicine is actually great right now and they got help <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? everyone's <laughs> oh man i man I, I hope Green Day isn't all strung out and broke up. No, they're still touring quite successful. Very popular Broadway show. But yeah, but you can also do the real stuff too because we did lose a couple people too. Right, so yeah. that you know there can be some real like you know with what they did with Mama Cass and stuff right, like yeah. that too. But the bigger joke is no, some of your friends are actually still here. You know, you hit a really good point, Bob. With the way 21 and 22 Jump Street worked so well, yeah, and they yeah. joked about doing that with Men in Black, I bet you we could figure out a way to just get Vin Diesel back and literally make this an Austin Powers sequel, but also another Triple X movie. Oh, no. I, yeah, I think, the, I think that you absolutely could. I think, I think you could do that. I think the only thing that would get in the way of that is I don't know that Vin Diesel actually has that kind of sense of humor about himself. No, it, and it's kind of a shame because what we need is Vin Diesel with Dwayne Johnson's sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like, it's, it's too bad he's sort of already doing a version a version of this that's, like, a, a better, more heartfelt version of this in Peacemaker. Yeah, he's, he's, but like, doing, he's doing like, a semi-dramatic version of this already, yeah. yeah I, like, I, see, like, Cena would, like, Cena could do this, and I think he might be a little too old for this, but uh, um, the... Uh, no, we uh, talked uh, Channing Tatum kind of doing a Cena riff. Yeah, Tatum could do it. My, um... As other wrestlers go, uh, Mike the Miz. Yep, would, you're right. Would, Miz would be great in this would, role. Would would actually nail this? I think he has like a a, a contract with. Um, I think he only makes WWE movies. Get them in. Get them on board. Why not? I think, but I think that would be like. I think I don't like. I'm not saying this would be like. Oh my god, yeah, this would be the most brilliant thing ever. I'm a genius. I should make another movie. But I think like if some if if for some reason. Mike Myers, you know, like if I ran into Mike Myers at a party and was drunk enough to do the stupid thing of trying to pitch a famous person on a sequel to one of their own movies, this is what I would probably end up saying. This, hey, Mike, this should be a sequel to Austin Powers 4. And like, this is like, 
it wouldn't happen. But like this is if if I was in the room trying to get a studio to hire me for Austin Powers Four, this is what I would say. This should be Austin Powers Four. A guy from the two thousands should jump into the future and be that. You should do that riff, and Austin is the supporting guy, and that's your joke structure. And I actually your, really want to see this movie. You know, and and with. Unfortunately, with Shrek, it's kind of a similar thing, right? There's there's a newer breed of self-aware, um, you know, Shrek was the self-aware take on Disney that was only funny for three years of pop culture references, and then Disney came by with Frozen and things like that and did it did it one better. And I could see a Shrek kind of movie needing to yeah. deal with that would well, be even, an interesting way to do Shrek. Well, I. I this is, I think I only watched um, all of the Shrek sequels other than two once, but I think like, was it I've Shrek? only seen the first two in Puss in Boots and I feel that those three are so fantastic that I don't want to touch the other ones. Well, I think, was, I think Shrek 4 was, uh, I think Shrek 4 was uh, the one where they just did, it was the alternate universe one where Shrek never like saved the girl. So it's, oh. in, an, it, it's, in, it's in another, so it's just kind of riffing on Shrek. All right, that's clever enough. Yeah, it's yeah. Shrek Four is the one where like he's uh, he, like he makes a wish or something, and so it like it reboots its universe into an alternate timeline where uh, where Fiona is still an ogre and she's like in a like a rebel group and like Donkey is a different thing and Shrek is a different. It, it's a whole other like it's it doesn't really do that much different with it, but it does like other stuff. Well, so I mean, the the good thing with the Shrek series is they were always trying to be different. I just yeah. don't know that they. It's kind of like the Despicable Me minion thing. You, I don't think the people at the helm are quite in tune enough to really take it where it needs to go. But for the non Disney, non Pixar thing, you're filling a decent enough void, and at least it's not complete junk. Yeah, you know? I, yeah, I don't. I don't know because like Shrek's joke. Like 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 Shrek like Shrek's like joke was it kind of had like two jokes at the same time, which sort of felt like they should be like jokes competing against each other, but they tried to be the same joke. And thankfully, like it's weird, Shrek's parody doesn't hold up, but like the sincere storyline in Shrek does. Yeah, that's usually what doesn't it, work. It's wild, and and I think I think as amazing as that is, because you know, I think Disney kind of took that and ran with it of the hey you can be self-aware but if you're self-aware but also go back to having this your story actually land because that that seems to be what what disney proper the disney films that aren't pixar films have been doing since shrek is kind of trying to catch that well if, if the heartfelt part of our story actually doesn't seem faked we might get some people in and then also walking the line i can't wait to catch up on the last year of disney stuff that i've somehow missed well they've also been like it's it's been like a two-pronged thing because like part of shrek's joke was that the disney was that dis was that disney under eisner is being like cringy and politically correct right and like uh and some of that is still a fit and some of that's still a thing but now it's just different stuff but also like the other half of it is that uh, is that the Disney stuff isn't politically correct enough in in a different way and ha correct. So, so like on the one hand, they've like all of the animated stuff has like followed half of that and become it's like okay, the 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 girls are not just princesses anymore; they're more empowered. We've gone off in the other direction, 
and the uh, the other half has been the live action movies, which are sometimes. I think that there are good things and and not good things in them, but the live action Disney movies are almost less movies unto themselves and more like uh, like film criticism projects of yep. their originals. Yeah, it's, like, it's uh, almost like, I, like someone re-editing it but doing a whole new movie. Yeah, it's it's like I the 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 live action Mulan, which I had, uh, which I thought was interesting, and I had and I had uh, fun with in uh, many respects, is less of a. It really only makes narrative sense as a like a long form response to about a decade's worth of YouTube film criticism essays about the original Mulan. Well, because that that's the thing, right? M- Mulan has always been this this one that sat in the background as okay. The the politically incorrect, cringy stuff in Mulan, there was a generation of people that kept putting that to the side because they liked the other it, stuff. Well, no, because the movie is actually really friggin' good is, from yeah. a Disney yeah. standpoint. Yeah. And it mostly got forgotten because of the time period it came out in. And it 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 falls into that Pocahontas thing where it's like, ah oh, shit. Like you just but so Mulan getting like it's due is a good thing. Um, and in kind of like with the Aladdin movie where it didn't really work, at least it's like, I've, I've seen them both and at least they're trying to everything in the new Aladdin movie that wasn't just the original Aladdin movie was much better than the redo of the original Aladdin movie parts. Yeah. And I felt Mulan was similar. Yeah. You it's, know, there's a, there's a lot in there that is, uh, that, that it, that's, it's a mix of hey, here's stuff that you here's uh, here's live action actors reminding you of how much you liked an animated movie, crossed with entirely new scenes that are hey, we recognize that this was a problem the last time, so if we had to do it over, here's what we'd do. And also a continuance of a career of post whatever Independence Day Will Smith, where you go holy shit. Like, why did I doubt you, dude? Like, yeah. you're actually bleeding charisma all over this damn movie. And you should have been the thing that sucked the most just because you're trying to do Robin Williams, you know? And it turns out, like, wow, I actually really liked Will Smith's genie. Yeah, he no was good. Shit. He was good. <laughs> it kind of came out of nowhere. I don't know why we keep doubting that guy. Mm. <laughs> um, whether or not you want to make a, another, um, oh, God. That movie they're making a sequel to that doesn't need a sequel. Which one? Him and the Vampires. Oh, uh, I Am Legend. Are they doing yeah, another? Yeah, they, they really okay, are. All right. Yeah. You know what? He's, I mean, he's maybe. playing old guy version of himself. I thought it was implied he died. Uh wait. In which version? I think in one version. No, no. In the one that made it to the in the version that made it to theaters, he uh he gets in his car and he's gonna drive and he's gonna oh, go. Oh, I've only yeah. seen I've only seen the director's cut. Then okay, uh, that's yeah. my fault. That's yeah, my fault. No, okay. Yeah, no. The one that the one that was in theaters. Uh, ne- Neville. Uh, the 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 people get away and then he gets in. Yeah, no. The they released it to theaters in a version that Neville uh gets away. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well then, sure. <laughs> um. But again, you know, don't doubt Will Smith. I, I, I even, even that silly, um, what was the, the movie he did where he played two versions of himself? Oh, the um, Ang Lee movie. 
Gemini Man? Yeah, it's not great, but he was so fucking good at that. Yeah, no, Gemini, yeah. Gemini Man was interesting. That, that was, was Gemini Man. Yeah. It just, yeah. No, I mean, and Will, Will Smith's probably going to be Academy Award winner, Will Smith, in a couple of weeks. So I mean, he deserves it. That was he a did. really good movie. It I, was. I, it I, was. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, damn. Um, so to get off the Austin Powers train, you know, we, we, had a, we had a year of movies. We've talked about them on our own shows. We, we just mentioned that, God damn it, despite, you know, I, I know that you are, you're hot and cold on the, on the um, Spider-Man MCU films, and I... I like Homecoming. I really liked Far They're From Home. They're fine. No, but I, I, I remember watching Far From Home just seems so stylistically better than Homecoming. It really landed for me. But this one I really, really liked. And I'm just happy that for whatever reason it, it, it stuck with people. I'm so happy it did because it, it should have just – it shouldn't have worked, Bob. No, it shouldn't have, but it, no, it was fine. They're, they're all, they're all just fine. And the new one is the most fine. It, Correct. It, it, it does what it does, what it needs to do. I mean, look, it's the thing, the thing about all, all three of these movies are, they're both interesting and also less good than they otherwise might have been because all of them are, uh, Trying Look, to serve two gods? Well, not even no, not even trying to serve two <laughs> gods. Lots of things are trying to serve two gods. Look, if we're being frank about this, all of the Marvel movies are trying to serve ninety gods because True. they're all merchandising projects and Disney IP management projects, and also store and and a million other things. And also, they are, you know, in the middle of it, eventually trying to be good movies while also doing like way down the priority list. They're trying to be good movies and tell good stories in between all of these other, uh, you know, capitalist endeavors that they represent all at once. The, the thing about the, the Marvel Spider-Man movies uniquely is that they are all always being made at these points of tension between which two companies are either about to claim or lose a ginormous piece of uh, media property that they neither one of them can afford to be without. And it always colors the way that the films are getting made and the way that they chose to solve this is to just make that fact the subtext to the entire storyline of this character in the the way that these are made. And as a result, it's never actually been the story of its main character. So in that respect, it's an interesting, it certainly makes it interesting in a non-formula way in that it's not the same Spider-Man story again. It's definitely, it's not the story about this kid who goes to a lab and gets bitten by a spider and has to fight uh, random bank robbers who also have science accidents, who are grown-ups that he knows who come after him. But it's also not really a story about a person's development over the course of anything unless you eventually squint hard at the last act of this last movie and kind of do the legwork yourself backwards through the three movies he appeared in, the other movies he guest starred in, and references being made to three uh, to five movies that were <laughs> not related to him, but are now retroactively connected to him 
because of cameos and this like eventually now there is a meaningful character arc for him sort of but you have to impose it yourself and then assume that eventually now there will be a uh, a a story for him going forward but really it's a long form blockbuster metaphor about the production of itself right it's interesting but i'm not really sure that it earns all of the emotional beats that's being imposed on it because they are recognizing what the audience is bringing into it and deciding, okay, we see that exposed nerve and we're just going to poke, poke, poke at it until money comes out. Well, that, that is, is exactly fun. what they're doing, but I'd Which rather, I'd rather have a movie that recognizes the baggage I bring into the theater with me than tries to tell me that it's wrong for me feeling that way. Yeah, yeah, and, no, and it, I don't, and I don't mean that in like. A, there's some movies that do that that need to do that. I'm looking at you, good Star Wars films, um, but the, this one, it was able to celebrate somehow the existence of these three different unfinished franchises that they've tried to bring out in a way that was a. It it felt like a. I, I don't want to use the word family reunion because family reunions bring about negative stuff, but it's like that, that moment in time where you all go out to dinner the night before Thanksgiving or have like a high school reunion with your 10 year high school thing where all the bullshit is gone for that one night. It yeah. doesn't mean, it doesn't mean when you wake up tomorrow, you're not still burned by it, but it was the cinematic equivalent of that, of like everyone in the room kind of getting their own wink like oh you really like the andrew garfield spider-man movies but think the toby Maguire ones sucked hey guess what we're going to give you a finally andrew garfield some comeuppance good for you and hey you really wanted to see toby Maguire wear a spider suit again here you go and hey you really really like the new kid and you want him to have an emotional arc here you go and somehow they managed to do it and not have it the best version of this movie is always going to be into the Spider-Verse, which is probably the best. It easily could be one of, if not the best superhero films I've ever seen. But the fact that this one was able to exist and not feel like it was just doing the same beats as that blew me away. Yeah, no, it's, it's no. Yeah. I think you, you can stylistically, this, stylistically, this movie is, is just, another superhero movie right it, it's the sum of its parts yeah no this this is this, this is into the spider-verse but it with if into the spider-verse didn't do all the work itself right it's like in into the spider-verse does all of the work itself because this it is, has this is a, this is into the spider-verse by way of like a a, a greatest hits tour of a band exactly exactly <laughs> this, this is this is into this 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 is into the Spider Verse, but uh, this this is into the Spider Verse, but made of like this is the off the shelf version. This is the yeah yeah. This, this is this is going to appeal to more people, but not have the same impact to the smaller group of people that the other one did. Yeah, it's which is you know which is a thing. Uh, you know, it, like into the Spider Verse is it gets what's even it looks even more remarkable in my opinion in comparison because it gets more of a uh like it establishes more emotional connection hits more of an emotion yes with uh all of this you know multiverse universe stuff and all of this you know character history stuff with only glancing at references to the comics history and to the other movies 
and it has to in, in, in invent just the suggestion of all of this stuff that, that has happened to all of these other characters and, you know, shove them all together and make you give a shit about them. And then in this one, uh, you know, it says, okay, here are all of these other movies that we know that you've seen, get them together, which is fine. Yeah, you're right. It's, it is, it's a, it's a greatest hits compilation versus a, an, uh, an original album inspired by, which is, you know, they're both good and, in their and, own way. And, and both can exist. Cause neither, at least neither is a bad movie. And that's the, the thing that I think we forget sometimes is people try people, people get, there's a lot of movies out there where people get what this movie gave them and want to hold that up on a pedestal because they finally got what they wanted. That means something else is less. And I like that these can coexist. Cool. You wanted the, you know, greatest hits tour for your favorite band. Sweet. You get it. I want something a little bit more um, dangerous and different. And I have my thing too, but they're both good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, Iron Maiden, for example, every time they tour, they tour every two years, they do a greatest hits tour and then they tour on their new album and they split it up. So then fans don't have to pick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you'll get the, I know this year they're going to play the new stuff. You don't like the new stuff. Cool. Show up two years later and you'll get them playing all the hits. It, it's the same kind of idea. I don't want change. Cool. This shows for you. Um, it was amazing that they were able to get actual emotional story beats a bit out of returning villain characters, which I, you know, that should have literally been stunt casting the whole way through. And they actually did things and had like a point. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, mo- I mean, everybody's talking about Spider-Man. I just feel like we hadn't talked in a year and it was the big thing that was going to come out. But, you know, underplayed as it were you know shang chi we didn't get to talk about i thought that was probably my favorite of the four marvel movies that came out last year was that the year prior or was that 2021 i feel like it was 2021 for which one shang chi yes yes that was my favorite of the four you know we've got spider-man eternals black widow and shang chi and i think shang chi was was fantastic shang chi is it was everything that I love about the Marvel movies, but through a completely different type of cinema. Mm-hmm. And I, and I loved that. And it just, it, it made me happy. Um, and then Eternals, we both saw, we both did our own individual reviews of, um, I still hold out that that was one of the best movies of last year. Um, I, th- I thought Eternals was terrific. It's I, not, I really it's did. not a perfect film, but God yeah. damn it. I really liked it. And, and black widow, I don't know. I think whatever one was going to be the first one <laughs> post pandemic Marvel movie was going to get shit on the most. And I get, you know, B- black widow has a lot of heavy lifting to do, you know, in, in being where it takes place and being a prequel and all of this, but I don't know. Like I just really liked it. I, I thought I had, a, I, I had a good time with black widow. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's a B tier Marvel movie. That was, yeah, it it's totally to a B tier Marvel yeah. movie, but it was a blast. It yeah, was, no, it was, I, it was no, what if what if Marvel made a Jason Bourne movie? Was yeah, basically no, was what cool. I got out of it. It was cool. Yeah, there was no there was no pro- there was no problem with it. It's like all of the at, at a certain point, you know. I think that this is part of what's like useful about them having the the streaming thing going, where they can, you know, decide that some of these are streaming things or or shows or something. Is that you know like not all of them are going to be like these giant you know like world dominating blockbuster things. 
And that's like, you know, fine. If, if you try to turn every single one of them into that, you're going to set some of them up for, you know, un, unreasonable expectations. I think there's no, I think there's nothing that they could have done to uh, to to not set people up to just not know what to do with Eternals to some extent, because it was right. just a, you know, they took the, you know, they, they took a, a set of characters that no one's ever cared about, uh, you know, that uh, with a, a gimmick that is really has never really sold or worked and, uh, you know, put it in the hands of a, uh, a filmmaker who is not a, a blockbuster filmmaker because she asked to do it. And they said, basically, we've got money lying around to do this. And because much like with uh, the Eternals in the comics and which now seems to be the same fate of the movies, the uh, the Eternals have never actually been saleable or useful on their own. But the stuff that they come bundled with is useful to everything else. So eventually you have to use it. Well, I just hope they keep showing up because I actually enjoyed them. So I, that... I, I mean, it, it seems like they are, they're already set to because, I mean, they hired a bunch, they used a bunch of actors that they will probably want to like have back. They set up stuff to come back. They, uh, I mean, the, the movie ends with uh, like a, a, a new continent, basically. Yeah, right. So, right. I mean, they're going to have to bring that up. I mean, even if the movie had been a giant bomb, which it wasn't, and, uh, you know, like being like the most hated Marvel movie, it is not. It is they, not. Yes, They exactly. would be, uh, you know, I think that they would eventually have to deal with that, even if they had a joke about someone saying, oh, by the way, that fell over. Like, they would, event they would eventually deal with that. But, like, the big Marvel comics event of this summer is Avengers versus X-Men versus Eternals. Uh, they've, uh, the, the reason that, uh, at least I assume part of the reason that they left the big uh, uh, celestial mountain sitting there in the, uh, in the ocean in the end of this movie is in the comics, the uh, Avengers have been using a mountain made out of a dead celestial as like their castle thing oh, or cool. uh, as like their playset as a, as a base for uh, like five years now, I think something like that. It's been, it's been a while for it, for it, at least ever since the Avengers 1 million event. Uh, that's, that's, been <laughs> a it was, that's that awesome. wasn't, that wasn't the episode number. That was just the name of the story. Oh, I know. I know. It was, no, they did, they did, and uh, they did, every couple of years, someone decides that they're going to try and make the Eternals interesting in the comics, or at least, uh, or at least make them something that the, that the fan, that comics readers care about, and it doesn't work, and they give up. Right. But, uh, but they, they reinsert them in, because uh, the way that they worked them in, the, that they worked them in the first time, was to decide that the Celestials are where all of the other, uh, like, backstory stuff for all of the weird power things came from so so now it's just kind of stuck in there permanently and there's nothing anyone else can do about it love it so now like every other weird thing and it's like you know oh the inhumans uh which they've i mean they've rebooted that like 20 times since they invented them so now it's oh the kree did that but actually the eternals <laughs> did that and uh and also like some other things oh mutants well apocalypse did that but also the Eternals did that. It, it's uh, it's 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 like one of those things where, like, literally, hey, uh, you know, 
round up the usual suspects. Surprise! It's the Eternals. <laughs> it's like it's like I I picture if they if they ever did one of these as a straight comedy, it's like uh, if there was ever like a any major apocalyptic event heading towards the Earth, and all of the Marvel like groups and teams had to get gathered, and it's like this is coming. It's been a it's this has been building from you know Doctor Strange like this has been building for millions of years. We don't know exactly where it came from. Is it at least four of the Eternals are somewhere in the back of the room, just inching towards the back door, just like, just like, just make sure nobody sees us. <laughs> you know, just like, it's like Eternals, was womp, this you? And it's like, and yes, it always. No, they they did a like an Avengers event where I think this is the thing where they did, like they gave Thor a new uh, a a different mother for the third time. Oh Jesus. Yeah, they've changed who Thor's mother is like three times in the uh, in the con- over over like sixty years, but they've changed it like three times to explain why he has different powers, or just because. But I think <laughs> Thor, I, I I think Thor's mother is the Phoenix now, which I think will probably come up in the newer movies. That's interesting. Yeah, they they decide they decided that. Uh, as part of why there's a dead uh, in the comic, why there's a dead um, uh, celestial mountain that the Avengers can live in is uh, that there was a prehistoric version of the Avengers that was made of like the first versions of everyone, because I guess someone looked at the the lists and realized, wait a minute, there's a whole bunch of like immortal, like things that have supposed to have been around forever. Why, why don't we just like decide that all of them teamed up once? <laughs> so said, oh yeah okay there was there was an avengers back in caveman days that was uh star brand number one uh odin uh the first phoenix uh caveman ghost rider uh who rides a woolly mammoth that is on fire it's fucking awesome from um, a visual standpoint anyway i <laughs> yeah no it looks no, no no it was a cool idea like uh like dr strange's god uh, the first Iron Fist, like all like the caveman versions of all the wizard stuff. And they said, oh, yeah, that was the first Avengers. And they fought uh, a celestial that fell on Earth. And that's why Earth is full of mutant stuff. And that's And this is like uh, the this year's explanation for why Marvel is Marvel. There you and, go. Uh, so that's so, so I'm sure that some version of that is coming as like a one-line joke in uh, in the next Taika Waititi Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, he seems to be the right kind of person to fit that in. Right. Yeah, and so so that's in there, and uh, so th- I mean, I'm sure that will come up. They they obviously left it in like three different to be continued with where did Cersei go? Is uh, is Jon Snow going to immediately take another role exactly like Jon Snow? <laughs> no no seriously give kit harrington credit for like the most meta like last scene of a marvel movie since the nick fury thing of you know like here we are i'm this is my this is my big role right after game of thrones in a marvel movie and his uh his scene is pacing back and forth in a room in front of the box containing his magic sword of oh ooh, should i pick it up do i want to do this uh Ooh, oh, there's a lot of money. Uh, 
do I really want to pick up the magic sword and go save the woman who has the powers of a god? Oh, ooh. Do I really want to go through this exact same thing again? This really didn't work out last time. Oh, but she's so hot. I love uh, it. Oh, uh, is it different if she's Chinese this time? <laughs> and then a, and, and then the voice of Blade tells it literally tells him, dude, are you sure? <laughs> Are you really going to do this again? And and it's Blade. We now I know think that's for, awesome. We now know for certain because they uh, they didn't leave it as a thing. They they let that sit for about like three days, and then someone asked Chloe. There's thought to ask Chloe Zhao at a uh, at a, at a junket and said, "Who was?" He said, "Oh no, yeah, that's that's that, that that's Blade." Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll tell you at some point later, but that was Mahershala Ali is Blade. That that fucking wait. That's just Blade because they're doing Blade. And yes, they're doing Blade. And since we've both talked about on our respective other times not talking together, I, you know, to go through other things in 2021, Jesus, dude, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, WandaVision, and yes. Hawkeye all yeah. came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why does yeah. it, right? And and I loved all of them. Yeah. yeah. I think my favorite is Loki. I like Loki. I, I, I'm still very partial to WandaVision just for being... Just so fucking yes. bizarre. But like that, that's my well that, that's so WandaVision as a self-contained thing. Mm. I just love it because of how weird it is. But Loki, I'm I just loved that it's like, oh shit, there's there's gonna be a cliffhanger. Like yeah. I, oh man. It was awesome. And I uh, I thought Hawkeye just playing the what if we did like home alone? Yeah. Or yeah. like one, or like a bad holiday like Hallmark movie or family yeah. Hallmark movie, but also a Marvel thing, yeah. and they they stuck to that the whole way through. Yeah, I I really I really did like Hawkeye, and Falcon with and the Winter Soldier, despite the troubled production and having to change what it was about part way through, really it, it it's a show that like it gains your trust because I'm like all right, so this is basically like the Winter Soldier or Civil War the TV show. And then it turns into a lot more than that. And mm-hmm. I I loved it. So I, I think I can't wait to see what else they, they come out with because all that stuff nailed it. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was I was way into it. And uh, I thought uh, like, I mean, like, is that is any of the stuff I'm like, no, it's TV. It's just TV. Yeah. yeah, like some of like I really do think like I had did I have pacing issues with some of the things? Yes. Even oh, like, yeah. Yeah, but whatever. Like, I think like one division is the only one that I thought was ju- that I thought like really like nailed it. Like, like from beginning to end, I was like, no, mm-hmm. there's 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 nothing in there that I thought I was like, wow, this really does feel like that. Like the people making it knew exactly what they were doing as like a complete deconstruction team, right, right, right from start to finish, just knew, no, this is what this episode is, this is what this episode is, and a lot of the others are, hey, this kind of feels like a TV show, but also, I end up, like, being unable to be annoyed with a lot of it, like, WandaVision is, like, a, a transcendent thing for it, some of the others are less so, but also, like, I... I come at something like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is basically a a, a kind of goofy uh, espionage show that is all that like you know has some serious parts to it, but is also basically like something I would like the more expensive version of something I would have watched in the '90s on like Sunday afternoon. Yep, you know, would have been on USA. Right? Yeah, it has it has that kind of energy, or. Uh, 
or like when people complain or sorry, I think I might've stepped away from the mic for a moment. When people, I compl- when I comp- when, when I find people complaining with the, uh, the, the star Wars shows, uh, which have their ups and downs moments as well that with the Mandalorian and Boba Fett and whatnot, you know, are they always like uh, wonderful, perfect? No, no, not 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 at all. Boba Fett was uh, all over the place, but it really was. But I loved it. <laughs> yeah, well, and the thing was because at a certain point, especially on that one, while watching it, I find myself having a difficult time caring because at a certain point, you recognize that the the level that that's playing at it's unfair to be asking it to be doing much more than that because it's not really trying to be more than an action figure show. Right. Those of us that groaned when they said they were making a show called the Mandalorian and went, ah, fuck, they're finally going to make the Boba Fett show. And we're telling everyone Boba Fett is boring. And then they make the Mandalorian show and you go, you know what? This is great. Give me Boba Fett. And yeah. then they make a Boba Fett show, and the Boba Fett show reminds you that this is only going to work if we remind you of how it fits in with the Mandalorian. Right? Yeah. It, <laughs> oh, okay. It, it, you know, and you know, like these are these are like B-list TV shows about action about action figures jumping around on play sets. But I'm happy what that the they're doing it. It's else, what I want. Yeah. Right. But like, what the fuck else do you expect them to be? You know, they're it's like 90 and I'm talking about like, like legit criticisms that, 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 that come up on them. The, like the, the dumber stuff, but oh, why is this about, you know, why is there this woman on the show? Why are there kids? Dumb. I'm talking about like when, when it's like, well, well, this is, this is campy. This is, you know, not, uh, this is not serious, uh, you know, like meaningful science fiction. No shit. Dumbass. It's star Wars. Right. You can, you can, I'm I'm glad that you like the meaningful sci-fi parts of Star Wars, and right, yeah, there's but, there's stuff within Star Wars that does that. This is not that. Yeah, like Star Star Wars has produced exactly one Empire Strikes Back, and even the Empire Strikes Back, I'm sorry, is not 2001. Correct. It's not Blade Runner. It's not. 1984 it's the empire strikes back right it's, it's still, not trying to be those other things it is what it is it's, right. I mean, it's like, space I, western and I, that I, one's a little darker i dearly mm. love the empire strikes back it has moral ambiguity the bad guy turns out to be the good guy's father that's dark there's a, a, a grimmer than normal ending when i was six years old it blew my mind but it's still space wizards and laser swords that only go out so far because there's a magic crystal in there and the color is different because whether you're a goodie or a baddie and, you know, like one of the characters is called a Wookiee and there are characters, you know, who were blue elephants and guys are named Glib Shitto. And, and, uh, <laughs> and you, know, you know what? And you know what? I'm sorry. If the only good thing, which it's not, because the whole show I really liked, but if the only good thing in the book of Boba Fett was watching a person ride a rancor, yeah, <laughs> then I'm cool with it. They promised yeah, it, me that on episode two, and they delivered. Yeah, you know, like half of, like, I mean, like, I'm watching Boba Fett, and I'm thinking, like, you know, like, half, like, my critic brain, half of it is going, like, you know, the plot's kind of meandering. You know, like, uh, like, I'm not really sure that this could not, like, this is six episodes long, I'm not necessarily sure that this isn't uh being 
you know, like drawn out just because uh, I'm not entirely sure why we're jumping back and forth so much other than they need it to, to, to get a certain amount of stuff in each episode. On the other hand, <laughs> hey, look, it's the Tuscan Raiders. Yeah, awesome. it's it's hey. giving you it's yeah. giving you campy backstory into stuff in Star Wars yeah, right. that you want to see. Well, also, it, not even backstory. It's just giving me stuff to see. Like it's it's a show of like look. Sometimes, sometimes Star Wars is a continuation of a mildly experimental, interesting universe accidentally conjured out of the feverish imagination of George Lucas. Other times, Star Wars is an adaptation of a line of Kenner action figures that were based on that movie. Correct. This, this is the second kind, and it's fine at being, and it's we're going to be in that. Sometimes Star Wars is... You know, wow, this is an interesting meditation on good and evil with laser swords. Other times, Star Wars is <laughs> Boba Fett's riding the Rancor, and there's a guy shooting a flamethrower, and the pig guards are there. Awesome. Why can't I have a Saturday morning cartoon version of Star Wars? I'm fine with it. Right, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Boba Fett is the sky commanders of Star Wars shows, and I'm happy for it. Yeah, and and sometimes it does both. You know, sometimes it's that, but like, like, is the Mandalorian a better show than the Book of Boba Fett? Yes, it is. Is the is the Mandalorian also shinier power armor Boba Fett with the coolest lightsaber that we've yet invented, with the carrying around the cutest Muppet that we've yet invented? Yeah, it's also that. It's a it's a show about stacking merch upon merch. And throwing them into cool Star Wars playsets that you remember, and that's fine. And, and I and I don't know where we've lost the fun part of being geeky film fans because if in two thousand three there was a Star Wars show written directed by Robert Rodriguez, the amount yeah, of people yeah. that would be defending that to the point of like stabbing people in a bar, even would if be it was bad. Even if it were bad. And then the people go, well, why are the kids riding on shiny fucking motor motor hover bikes? And it's like, because it's fucking Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, well, and like, also <laughs> for, for, the same, for the same exact reason that there's a dozen different armor classes of Mandalorian for no reason. So they can sell more figures. Bingo. Like what? Why, like, what? Why are they on different colored motorcycles? For the same reason, there's more than one spaceship in the Imperial fleet. Right now, now to to divert off of Star Wars, um, mm -hmm. I, I would like to say at the end that you know, as if I wasn't going to keep watching The Mandalorian, they had to announce that Christopher Lloyd is now in it for some reason, and yeah. I just can't get enough. Um, fucking amazing. But I wanted to re revolve back to something. You and I are two people that both. Liked the Matrix Revolutions. I, yeah, I like that as well. Which it, it's is the, bonkers. The of this, by the way, complete the the exact yeah. opposite way to do this stuff, which I also think is fine. But I and and again, I think there's a lot of discourse out there about the Matrix Revolutions. So instead of going deep on it, I wanted to say that I I really like the Matrix Revolutions, and I'm going to watch it more because I feel that it's awesome that it's Lana did this one, right? Yes, yes. That on her own, yep. Lana Wachowski made the the best middle finger to a studio asking you to make another movie again I've ever seen. But I wanted to say that an interesting thing came out in the same year that was on both you and I's top films of the year list. And you and I have been kind of 
kind of lifting this guy up as like a hey, watch this guy, because it's it's Sean Levy, right? Yes. And Sean Levy made the Night at the Museum series, which is diminishing returns, but still interesting. It, yeah, they're fine. It, it reminded me kind of like of, of the newer Jumanji films where someone is remembering what an older fashioned kind of movie, you know, yeah. Ben Stiller in the, in that old timey, you know, get an actor everyone knows and throw him into an interesting situation, which is wacky, you know, kind of thing. But then this guy went and made Real Steel, which I watched it again during the pandemic uh-huh. just with friends and real steel still knocks me out the the way the the guardians of the galaxy end of the second movie does the levy just seems to get how to make this kind of movie the without all of the negative baggage that came with 80s father son you know nostalgia movies he's able to make those and so he made Free Guy, which I feel is literally doing a similar thing to the Matrix Revolutions, but kind of doing the Spider-Man No Way Home version of it, which is the, like, greatest hits for a massive audience thing. But God damn it, if Free Guy didn't just rock. No, Free Guy was great. Free Free Guy is, is, is terrific. It had this, like, there was this brief discourse around, like, trying to pit these two movies against each other, but they're both sort of, like, they're saying similar things, but, like, one is, like, general... And like the, I'm not sure that the 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 new matrix, the Matrix Resurrections has it has a little bit of cultural stuff in it, but it's mostly arguing against the existence of itself. Correct, which I loved. It just I felt like both movies nailed a similar thing, but just like I I this was a segue into saying that Levy went and made Free Guy, which I believe was pushed for a while, right? It wasn't supposed to come out when it did. Is that correct? Free Guy was supposed to come out a little earlier. So Free Guy has been uh, has been in the can for about uh, I think three years, right? Uh, give or give or take because of the pandemic. So then I the other night went and watched the Adam Project. Now I'm not going to go and say the Adam Project is as good of a film as Free Guy, but the Adam Project has a scene where a future version of a man and the little boy version of himself and their childhood father who in the future is no longer alive, have a baseball catch game with each other. Yeah. That fucked me up as much as the entire ending of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yep. The Atom Project is light. The Atom Project is fast. The Atom Project plays with Back to the Future and Looper kind of stuff in a very light way. But holy shit, how is this guy this good at making these fucking movies? Well, you know, he has been studying up on this. Well, he he has come up in uh, in a lot of the same ways as a lot of other people in uh, in the industry. But I think that uh, he has mostly been, uh, you know, in a, in a behind the scenes capacity right up until the point when he was uh, like making stuff on his own. And he also did not immediately translate transfer over into being the auteur guy. He was you know, directing other people's scripts. He was producing, he was working. He didn't immediately direct something of his own and decide to be J.J. Abrams. Well, and, and that's the thing, right? You know, I I don't mean to do this to shit on J.J. Abrams because it... I do. It, no, hold on. It, it's, it's all in the approach, right? Some people are the full package and some people have a part of it. We Some went all JJ Abrams. We went all in on JJ Abrams because JJ Abrams was able to introduce a lot of interesting people. Now, some of those people, which I didn't like for a while, ended up doing things like the new fucking Watchmen series, which holy shit, how did that guy come up with that? 
Like good job, good job. No, no, but but prior well, that's Lindelof, right? Uh, yes, that yeah. yeah. Uh, prior work would have said that that should have fallen flat on its face. Abrams, from time to time, can do one thing on its own where you go, "Holy shit, good job, guy!" And then you realize it still comes with the Abrams baggage, which is where we get the third of these Star Wars films, which you go, "Oh yeah, you don't know how to stick a landing, do you?" And a lot of other stuff. Levy seems to be more controlled. It, I I had done like an analogy with a friend the other day that said, how is it that Sean Levy can do the Steven Spielberg um, Amblin aesthetic, but also make a good movie, whereas Abrams can make you think of that, but then throw all this other mystery box stuff. And it's, it, Abrams is much more like Lucas. It's the, I'm sure in a room he's got great ideas. You know what I mean? But you need a handler for that type of guy because all they are is ideas. They don't know when to rein themselves in. So they try to throw all the ideas in one place and ah, maybe I'll deliver on it. Maybe I won't. But watching the Adam project, this, this should be a derivative piece of shit. This should have been a movie starring Bruce Willis that went to direct to DVD. That's what this movie should have been. And instead it's really entertaining and really heartfelt and somehow doesn't seem like it's ripping off a thousand other movies, even though that's what it's doing. Mm. And the fact that right after it coming out on Netflix, Levy gets announced for Deadpool 3 makes me really happy. Yeah, I have a feeling that that was in the can uh, the minute Free Guy made its, yeah. uh, made its money and that they've been waiting they've been waiting on that one. But it just uh, makes me happy. Yeah. You know? I think uh, I I have I have other feelings about why they why they waited a while to announce that he was going to that there was uh, to put Deadpool 3 back into the news. But uh you still there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I have. Uh, I'm. I'm because it. It feels. It feels like if I were like Ryan Reynolds in Disney, I would have never stopped talking about uh, Deadpool three, unless they wanted people to stop remembering that Deadpool was hanging around for a while. Yeah, I wonder why. Is it? Is it? Do you think it's because of actors that are in the Deadpool movies they wish weren't there? Oh. <laughs> Oh, gee, oh, gee, no, no, they, no, they, no, I mean, no, they, no, they said that he wouldn't be back for, uh, they, I wish he they, wasn't back for the second one. No, they, they said that that guy wouldn't be back in, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't be in Deadpool three, uh, like before the second one even came out. Oh, but, good. uh, but the, uh, the, um, uh, no, I think, no, I think it's because there's a really good chance that Deadpool will be in, uh, in multiverse of madness. No, I, I, yeah, I'm like, feeling I don't, the same way. I'm feeling yeah, I, the same I don't, way. I don't have any kind of like special guess on that. I just I think that there were I, I think that the uh, I don't think that there are actual leaks in uh, that there are actually that many leaks in uh, in in that movie. I just think that there's probably so much in there that everyone has just been running every rumor that they hear because some of them might be true. No, exactly. And, and that so, so you you helped me fast forward to something. So other movies came out in 2022 yeah. <laughs> so far. You've heard Bob and I talk about them both. Um, I loved Jackass Forever. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see it yet, Bob. But it, not, not as of yet. No, I it, have. Uh, I, I have. I've had some work going on. Yeah, of course. And it, it just. I, I have. I have a friend. Actually, this is a good segue. A year ago, when we were talking, I was talking about my friend who was still in the hospital. He is now out of the hospital. My friend who had a stroke. And again, to reiterate, that was not my brother Bob that had the diabetic stroke. Um, it is a close friend that I worked with, and he is back living out in the world. Um, and I am his caretaker, power of attorney, and health proxy. And he is doing great. 
and we've got his bills and stuff in order and he's only getting better and we go to the movies and once every couple weeks so all the movies i've been seeing that bob hasn't been bringing me to premieres for um the batman jackass forever um scream um ghostbusters you know all these things i've gone and seen i've seen with jim and it's been great dune you know he 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 loved all of these movies so seeing his brain start to work again has been great and so that that was a good segue to uh I don't want to go deep on things we've talked about on other shows. You know, Bob and I have differing but similar opinions on the Batman. I loved your Matt Pat um, film theory on Batman where you hit the thing you and I were talking about the day I got out of the theater where it was like, man, it takes it down a whole letter grade for me just with this. Is that guy in the cell at the end the Joker? And you went, ah, I think it's a bait and switch. <laughs> and then unfortunately, Matt Reeves went, no, it's not. <laughs> Like the same day. And it's like, God damn it. And I loved that the film theory video ended up being about that. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. But you segued into Doctor Strange 2 going, I know that there's a difference in opinion with people. There's some that don't get the allure. They they weren't. There's people, you know, two or three or four years younger than me that their love of the MCU is the love of the MCU. They didn't have to deal with the pre, they don't really remember the pre MCU superhero shuffle where everything was kind of like the Warner brothers, DC universe and Sony mix where it's like, we'll throw something out there, see if it works. So you get your blades, you get your, you know, um, other things like that. And, you know, I think they don't like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies as much as we do those movies kind of came from a shit. This is a really big risk they're taking here. And it really played off paid off, but I can't change how excited I am about Dr. Strange too. Even though you just said it could just have too much in it. Yeah. Are like, are you worried about that too? Cause every time I watch it, I go, Oh my God, it looks like a fucking Sam Raimi movie. And it makes me so goddamn happy. Yeah. I think but there's it, all, there's always the where there's always the worry of that. I don't, well, I, I was I, worried about that with Spider-Man no way home. And yeah, then, I'm, I'm less worried about this one because I think that they have a, a, a stronger, uh, di- I think they have a strong director presence there. I think the fact that they reshot it, that they've reshot apparently at this point, most of the movie at least once uh, because of how many times that they've gotten to do, they've like, you know, deals have cleared uh, for actors who said they didn't want to do it and now wanted to do it. And uh, the uh, the idea that uh, the studio said, actually, we want it to be this way, not that way. I think that that uh, that there's always that concern. But I'm much more like comfortable with this. I'm like, OK, this is probably going to be a cool, fun thing. Uh, I'm like at a, at a certain point, you know, I was hoping like, you know, will this still be? Uh, a kind of like, you know, creepy horror thing. I don't know if it still will be. If it uh, if it is, that'll be fun. But uh, if it's uh, like, I'm looking to have like a good time with it, I'm uh, I'm still there with it. The thing is at the, at this point, the, the, the project on these things is so vast and there are so many other things out there as well. Uh, I am very kind of like agnostic on the like meaning quality angle of this stuff. So I am very, uh, you know, I, 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 what I want is for it to, what I want is for it to be fun. I want, I want to go in if there's uh if, if there's like a, 
a three-act structure to it, and it has a good beginning, middle, end, and I uh, get good laughs out of it, and I have fun with it, and am moved in some way, and uh, that's a good movie. And in this case, if there's, like, fun Marvel connection stuff, super great bonus, and if there's, like, cameo stuff, even bigger bonus. Like, I'm not asking more of it than that. And right, right, if, right. If I want, like, you know, a multiverse movie to come out and blow my mind, I'll go see uh, Everything Everywhere all at once again because, like, that. Oh, I can't I, wait to see I, that. I, I saw a screening of that, which I don't know if it's out everywhere yet, but uh, you will let, you will almost certainly like that, and everyone should go see that because that's just fucking brilliant. And, you know, like, the, the good news on that is, like, now there's, you know, like, I don't, I'm, I'm glad that that's already out as opposed to coming out later because, you know, there's going to be like two big studio movies between this movie and the Flash movie of these, you know, multiverse things that are all about brand management for two big studios. And then there's another one coming out that's only doing it to do, hey, here's all the big theoretical, visual, crazy, wacky actor ideas for it. And you can have like both versions of it. And I don't expect either of the big blockbuster ones will be more interesting than Everything Everywhere All at Once. But, uh, you know, maybe on the other hand, Everything Everywhere All at Once is not necessarily going to make everyone go, oh, my God, it's the X-Men. So, you, you, get that, <laughs> you know, speaking of that, have, have you gotten to see um, Ty West's new movie? No. I'm thinking of checking that out this week. Um, I, I, I know it's hit or miss with that guy, but, you know. I, I like it. I like a good wide release horror um, horror adjacent flick. So I, I'm I'm thinking of going out and checking that out. Support that guy. Mm. You know, uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll give it all a shot. Exactly. Now there's there's a million other things we could talk about, but at least this episode was able to catch us up to the start of 2022. Yeah. Um, it's late. Um, yes. I love talking to you, so I wanted to give you a chance to say things to the people, Bob. What do you want to tell the people? Uh, I mean, I just told them to go see that movie. Uh, otherwise, please keep uh, listening to these uh, podcasts and giving to my brother's Patreon. Also to mine, if you're not, could always use help. Watch our shows. And uh, yeah, please keep being good. Awesome. And, uh, you know, thank you all for uh, for sticking with us. And we're really happy to be back on track. Can't say how often these will happen, but hopefully more often. So we can talk to you about things like the upcoming Chip and Dale movie that looks bonkers and Thor, <laughs> yeah. Thor, Love, and, Thor Love and Thunder. And um, if Doctor Strange 2, which is now, I think, two months away, actually ends up being as awesome as it looks. And I'm sure a million other things that are going to happen between now and then. Um, so thank you all for coming along with us on a tangent. And thank you, Bob, as always, for uh, putting aside some time to chat with your brother. I try. All right. We'll talk to you all soon. Indeed. Um, have a good one. Indeed. Yep. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.